Welcome everyone to the 14th episode of the King's Rock Podcast. I am your host, Death Giver from the Death Giver Gaming YouTube channel with my co-host, Bolt Up from the Bolt Up YouTube channel. How's it going? Today we're going to talk about online tournaments. We're going to have our trivia. Today is a special one. My first ever Pokemon in the red and blue series, Squirtle, and my first ever bird evolution Pokemon in Pidgeotto. And then we're going to go over Liverpool regional results, and we're going to do our Knoxville predictions. Okay, so our first topic today is we're going to talk about online tournaments. So one of the things that I have been asked is kind of how how I prepare for tournaments, how I practice with my decks, uh, what's the best way to do that. And you can grind the PTCG live ladder all you want. Um, you can go to in-person tournaments, which is probably the best way to go about doing this. But online tournaments are an incredible way to sit in the comfort of your own home and test decks and play them um, and get some good competition without leaving the comfort of your home. I was going to say, I hadn't heard about them until this past weekend when Bolt told me that he had joined the online tournament and had won. So I'm kind of looking forward to experiencing one in the near future myself. Now, just to correct, I did not win the tournament I was in, but I did finish fifth out of 87 players in one of the online tournaments, and I'm trying to find it right now. There it is. It was the Card Cavern Trading Card Series on January 28th. I finished fifth out of 87 playing Chien Pao Baxcalibur. Uh, ended up, uh, I was 5-0, and lost around 6 to Mew. Then one round seven, I was second seed going to top eight, and then I lost in top eight to Mew again. So had a little rough, rough go against Mew. I've made a change to my deck since to help better my Mew matchup. But um, yeah, that was it was a it was a blast. It was fun, and I every single deck I played was a meta deck. So that's that's the value of these online tournaments. You so why up. don't you tell people what deck you ran? I ran uh, my what is my favorite deck probably that I have ever played, which is the Champau Bax Caliber deck. It was the the no hands version, so it was the deck that Grant Shen has made popular uh, before the before the newest set release with minor changes. Um, I actually got the the deck list from I believe in my video I said Rowan. Uh, Rowan Staven out, but it was really Rig and Redslob that I got the the list from. A mixture of him and Jared Grimes. And it's basically the old Grant Shen build, except instead of running nine waters, I'm running eight waters, and I am using the Earthen Vessel. So it allows you to grab water energy faster out of the deck with the with the um trade-off of having one less water to work with which has been rough at times, but overall the, the um, Earthen Vessel allows for more flexibility in-game. So it's your normal build with three Champows, three Frigibacks, two two B-Doof, B-Barrel Line, two Baxcalibur, Radiant Greninja, and Manaphy. And the change that I have made is I've dropped the Manaphy, and I have included a Spiritomb. So that's the change that I've made to attempt to improve that Mew matchup, which that is actually the exact list that Reagan ran at, uh, uh, what regional was it? Charlotte. Um, the exact 
60 to Hiran to Charlotte. And then the trainers, four Irida, one Iono, four Nest Ball, four VIP Pass, four Superior Energy Retrieval, four Ultra Ball, four Cross Switcher, three Ira Candy, two Super Rod, two Canceling Clone, one Hisuian Heavy Ball, one Earthen Vessel, four Pokestops. So that list is... Um, it's it's a blast to play, and I believe to be a very good deck where the meta is shaping up right now. And we'll talk a little bit more about that um, for the Liverpool regionals, but that is the deck that I ran. And if I were to do another tournament, do another online tournament again, it would be the same 59 with replacement, take out the mana fee, and drop in the spirit tomb. And the reason being is... Generally, this deck is fast enough to where it can set up Bax Calibers at least one pretty quick. And so the Mana Fee is really only protecting the bench on that turn one or turn two. And if you can get past that, you're fine. And if they can set up faster than you, you're probably screwed anyway. So that's kind of the idea. And also, Radiant Greninja is not nearly as big of a threat as it used to be. So I think the, the change of dropping the Mana Fee and including the Spirit Tomb is, is the play right now. So that is what I ran to get fifth place. You and your GM pod decks. <laughs> Dude, it's so fun. It is a absolute blast to play. Now, the reason why I wanted to talk about the online tournaments and why I hype, hype them up is number one, what you said right there is you hadn't heard of them. That's number one, is it's important for people to know that these exist. And a lot of people do know they exist, but there are a lot of players that don't, especially players that are either fairly new to the game or players that just do not consume Pokemon content 24-7 like I do, that, you know, aren't on Pokemon Twitter, that aren't um, listening to podcasts left and right, that aren't watching, you know, Pokemon TCG YouTube videos, things like that. And so that's kind of what I'm trying to do here is, is just draw attention to how great and how important these limitless online tournaments are. And it's, it's playlimitless.com for those that don't know. You just create an account, you link your Pokemon TCG Live account, you can join the tournaments, and then just play right there. And there are plenty of tournaments that fire daily. So you're never... Yes, there are. You're never at a point where you're like, man, there's, there's nothing coming up. There's tournaments all the time. And me personally, I like to try to join the tournaments with a larger amount of people. Because number one, it's more rounds, so it's more Pokemon. I mean, I'm all for that. And then number two, it's better It's better competition. Because the way that Swiss pairings work, the more you win, the tougher competition you play. Because you're playing against players with similar records. So you're rewarded for wins by playing against tougher competition. And what that does is it prepares you, it allows you to play more meta tier one decks with your deck, and then ready for the in-person tournaments that you're going to. The other thing to know is all of these limitless tournaments, I believe all of them, at the very least, a vast majority of them, are completely free to play in. Um, so all you have to do is sign up, click on it, and you're in. And then most of them have prizing of some kind. Usually it is Pokemon TCG, TCG online codes. So this one that I finished fifth in, I got uh, 10 online codes that I shared with Death to allow him to you know grow his live collection. But that was my prizing for that. And then the benefits for this is just a it's it's hard to describe because I mean you get the value of what you would get with a high quality in-person tournament right here from the comfort of your computer. Which is always a plus. 
always a plus. It, it is, especially you know when you're an adult working a nine to five job, have kids around. Um, you know you can't always leave and travel and go places. Uh, a lot of friends of mine are going to Knoxville for the regional this coming weekend. I will not be going, but you better believe I can be sitting right here playing you know an online tournament just to you know keep the itch going if I wanted to. So, Death, what are your thoughts about online tournaments? You going to be joining some? I can't wait to join a few. Um, I always like to test myself against uh, against better competition. That's why I like going up against you. Um, with the online, it's just like you said, it's a grind. Even if you pop off quite a few wins in a row, you're only slowly joining, going up the ranks. And then once the ranks are over, the season's over, it drops you back down. And that climb is just not, it's not a... Uh, fun but go up against better competition is always fun that's why i enjoyed the in-person tournament and then like i said i like going up against you so i'm looking forward to joining a few of these online tournaments because that way i can really test myself and see how good i am how good i think i am or but and how good another thing, but another I'm thing i just noticed that uh charizard is starting to lose steam all right go ahead uh can you tell me very quickly off the top of your head your your rounds of the last in-person tournament you went to what decks did you play against um the god too late time's the, up the, okay no wait so no, the intellion <laughs> it was the intellion urshifu deck then it was sable zard which i remember that one because it's sable zard and then i went up against giratina lost zone okay so you came up with it but the uh one of the other benefits that i forgot to mention about online tournaments on limitless is all the results of every round, every tournament, every record is all saved on your player history, which is amazing. Because you can go back, look at past tournaments, you can see your records, you can see where you placed in the tournament, you can see every single match and whether you won or lost, you can see the deck list that you played against, it's all saved in the history, which is absolutely amazing. So, you know I'm a spreadsheet guy, Mm-hmm. So you know that that excites me even more because that means I can throw a <laughs> bunch of numbers in a spreadsheet. And uh-huh. yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm going to probably be doing a lot of tournaments now. <laughs> Online <laughs> tournaments now. Love making me a new spreadsheet to be able to throw some numbers in and see how uh, my wins and losses come along and how much improvement I've done. So, yeah, I'm going to have to do uh, quite a few of these online tournaments. I just pulled up my history and I'm looking back. So I've done a total of three, six, seven online tournaments. Um, all dating back for to uh, March of 2023. That was my first one. I played Reggie's to my very first online tournament. This was maybe maybe four months after I started playing the game. I went 0 and 6. Well, you uh, if I remember Reggie. right, what's that? <laughs> So you used Reggie's, that's why. <laughs> Reggie's was good back then. That was when Reggie's actually had good energy and stuff. Oh, but I, I uh, if I remember right, I forfeited two of those games because I didn't understand how to get into the lobby and check in. So I like immediately started out O2 or something like that. So oh. that's something to understand is um, for somebody who's never done an online tournament before, expect the first one to be rough learning how to see the matchups, how to get into the play lobby, how to challenge your opponent, everything like that. Um, expect that first one to be rough, but then after you do that first one, it, it gets a lot easier. Okay. My, my second online tournament was 
Um, I finished 22nd out of 53 with a 2-3 and three record. I was using Dialga Magnazone, which is a deck that was really hyped up um, at the last major rotation in at the end of March, early April of 2023. It did not live up to its potential, but um, it, was, it was a fun deck to play. Did not do well there. My next one, I went 1-2 and two and then dropped uh, 128 out of 168. That was with Darkrai. And then I started taking it seriously. <laughs> the next tournament, I finished 17th out of 128 with Chan Pao with a 5-2 and two record. Um, the next one... Uh, oh, <laughs> the next one was the Tournament of Doom Regional Championship. So that one is an online... Um, uh, similar to a regional where every round is best of three and it had 276 players in it so it was gigantic i decided to play snorlax stall my very first round was against another snorlax stall deck um online oh, hilarious. forgot to mention <laughs> online tournaments are open deck list so you get to see your opponent's deck list um before the match even starts and the main reason for that is so you know if your opponent's playing illegal cards but okay. it's a benefit because you know, like especially with Snorlax, you know how many outs your opponent has to everything you have. But when we saw each other's deck list, my opponent just put in chat, "Do you want to take an ID?" And I said yes because I was not about to start that tournament with a Snorlax stall mirror match. <laughs> and then something came up, and I had to drop from that tournament. So I went 001 that day. Uh, the next one, I went two three one with Snorlax stall. 85th out of 212. Uh, the tie, I was seconds away from winning, but ran out of time. And then the other three, uh, I think I played two Lost Tinas in there, so that was rough. And then my most recent one, 6 and 2, 55th out of uh, 87 Puchin Pao. So I do plan on doing a lot more online tournaments myself because I just always forget how fun they are. So I'm excited to do some more of those. So my only question outside of that is that do they allow you to stream your matches? Uh, yes. Okay. So I haven't done it myself and I plan, I actually plan to do some of that, but you can uh, not only like you can do your own Twitch streaming with no problem. That's you know completely up to you. It's your matches. You can do what you want, but they also have a spot where you can, you can link your stream. So that way somebody can go and find the tournament and if they wanted to watch the tournament, they can click on streams and then see who all is streaming and just kind of jump in and watch some of these matches. Ah, uh, okay. So you can actually link your stream to the tournament. So anybody can go and find your stream when looking at the tournament. So that's something that I I plan to, you know, figure out how it's done and, and do that. Some one of the tournaments I was in had like six streams every round. The last one I did had zero. So it kind of all depends on what it is. But yeah, um, they definitely support streaming for that. Okay. So yeah, online tournaments, a big thing that I think everybody should do, especially if you are a serious Pokemon player, because it's a good way to get that tournament atmosphere at you know any time of day, basically. Any day, any time of day. Anything you would like to add about online tournaments? No, because I haven't experienced one yet, but I plan to experience one very soon. All right, cool. Well, with that, what do you say we jump into trivia? Yes. I'll let you go first. Okay. All right. Oh, and you might as well tell the audience what you found out that you did wrong in our trivia. 
Oh, yeah, good point. Okay, so today's trivia is Squirtle and Pidgeotto. However, what I realized is Pokemon number 13 is not Pidgey, but it is indeed Weedle. So last week should have been Weedle, then followed by this week Kakuna, next week Beedrill. So because we, we started Pidgey, we're going to go ahead and finish with Pidgey, Pidgeotto, Pidgeot, and then go back to Weedle, Kakuna, and Beedrill, and then we'll be back on target. And I will do my best to have the Kanto decks up every single time to make sure I don't screw this up yes. again. Yes. But today is also a big day because it is our last day of doing double trivia. Um, with Squirtle today, we're finally caught up on the ones that we missed the first time around. And so we have Squirtle, Pidgeotto, and the next week will be Pidgeot by himself. So Plus we decided to do Pidgeot and Weedle just to kind of catch it back up. No, we can't do that. Why not? Because I mean we're gonna once we once we finish with Pidgeotto Pidgeot, we jump back to Weedle, Kakuna, Beedrill, and then we're right back on track with the Pokemon number and the rest of the numbers. Or we can just be right back on track. Well, yeah, you're right. Never mind. Yeah, I know I'm right. Don't mess with me, bro. Well, you're not right, but <laughs> I mean, if you would have caught it last week, we could have done Pidgey and Weedle. But then if you would have caught it last week, we wouldn't have this situation, so. Correct. <laughs> if I caught it last week, then I would be less of an idiot. Okay. Are you ready for my Squirtle question? Yes. Okay. Squirtle. Actually, I'm, I'm going to slightly change it a little bit. Can you name every Pokemon or every Pokemon type this Squirtle has resistance to? Resistance, so that would be ice, fire, uh, I think that's it, because water doesn't have a lot of resistances. No, it's ice, fire. I was going to tell you the number, but I decided not to tell you the number and make you come up with everything yourself. Uh, not that. Water. Also resistant <laughs> to water. Yep. Wait, is water resistant to steel? I think it is. I'll go steel, so that'll be four. Okay. Um, I think that's four. Four is it. Those you are four. correct. It is fire, water, ice, and steel. And what's funny, question. though, oh, go ahead. is that it's resistant to ice, but ice is also super effective against water now with freeze-dry, so. Oh, you're right, with that particular attack. Yep. That's right. Um, bonus question. I thought about doing this one. What EV is earned by defeating Squirtle? I would assume because of, I would either say defense or special attack. But I'm going to go with one. defense. It is defense. You're correct. Which only makes sense for the shell. Shell, yeah. Shell-ish tiny Pokemon. Tiny turtle Pokemon. Okay. What is your Squirtle question? Okay, so Squirtle's Japanese name is Zinigame. What is the English translation of that?
No. It's funny you ask this about Squirtle, because I read this about Pidgeotto. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but I did not read this about Squirtle. I will say the water turtle. No, not even close. He is, <laughs> known, he is known in, Jap- in Japan as the money turtle. The money Zinni, turtle. Yep, Zinni mean many... Zinni meaning money and Gatlin meaning turtle, obviously. Interesting. I wonder where the money turtle comes from for him. That's what I'm wondering too, because I, I don't see money when I look at a squirtle. Nope. I see I see the squirt turtle, <laughs> which is what the well, I mean, version is. You know, if you, you have squirtle as your starter, you profit. So, you know, maybe that's where it comes in. No, you don't. If you have Bulbasaur as your starter you profit because that's, that's he true. has the first two the first two gems. Yes he does. Alright. Give me your Pidgeotto question. Oh, you want me to go first on the Pidgeotto? Yep. Okay. So Pidgeotto is the only Pokemon with this base stat number. What is it? Um yes, I saw it. I don't remember what it is though. But I did see that one. <laughs> uh two forty six. You are way off. I'll let you get another guess. And you are way off in the other direction. 624. <laughs> what is it? Did you say 624? Yep. I was like, you're getting a legendary <laughs> status right there. It is 349. Nah, I knew there was a four in there somewhere. That's the only number I could remember. <laughs> I didn't believe it, so I had to look it up just to make sure. Because I was like, there's no way. But yeah, it is true. He's the only one with a base stat total of 349. I do remember seeing that when I was looking for possible Pidgeotto questions. Okay, you ready for mine? Yes. All right. It's very easy, at least for me. I'm assuming it would be for you as well. What level does Pidgeotto evolve into Pidgeot? 18. Oh, no. What? You said Pidgeot, 36, 36, my bad. 36. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> 36. Um, yes, you are correct. Pidgey into Pidgeot, or Pidgey into Pidgeotto is 18, and then... You are Pidgeot on the Pidgeot is 36. And for bonus points, what EV is earned when you defeat a Pidgeotto? I would expect attack. Are you going to go with it? Yes. It is two speed EVs. Really? Yep. Huh. I would expect two him speed to give EV. speed Pidgeotto. That's interesting. Okay. All right, that was Pokemon trivia for today. Next week will be Pidgeot and only Pidgeot. Pidgeot and Pidgeot. Next time. I'm going to give two trivia questions for Pidgeot. (laughs) (laughs) Next section is we're going to be talking about the results of the Liverpool Regional Championships. So, just first of all, anything jump out to you with the Liverpool results? Yeah, that there's a Vulpix in the top 150, 47. <laughs> uh, yeah, what what places is Vulpix it was at? 101. Okay, so but the fact that it made it was just amazing. I mean, okay, I so know this. It's, go ahead. The, no, you can go. Go ahead. I know Vulpix can be a pain in the butt, but I'm guessing most people with that matchup kind of know to take it out pretty early and 
or knows how to deal with that matchup. I mean, it caught me off guard the first time I've done it, but um, so, but at this point, I'm surprised that it would make it to day two of a tournament of a major tournament. Yeah, full picks is one of those cards that it can really thrive in the right meta. It won EUIC uh, at the beginning of this see this rotation. Um, it was early April. It was right after the last major rotation. And Alex Shemansky beat Tord Reklev at the uh, the finals of EUIC. Tord was running Gardevoir, and Shemansky was running Arceus, Duraludon, Vulpix. And if you think about the Gardevoir deck, it has no attackers that can attack into a Vulpix once it has the Snow Mirage on, because every attacker in Gardevoir has a an ability. The That's not exactly true now with Screamtail, but um, every every other you know, attacker that can one-hit KOA, a Vulpix, has an ability. So once you get that Snow Mirage out, there's not much you can do. The only way is to knock it out at that point is to rope it out of the active and then boss it up or counter-capture it up, and then you can knock it out because the Snow Mirage is gone once it hits the bench. So it's just one of those things that if it can catch you off guard, you can be in real trouble. Um, Charizard is another deck that all the attackers have an ability. Yep. So if you can't deal with it before it evolves and get that, gets that attack off, you're in trouble. If you can, you're fine. Well, that and if you don't have a switch card at the time, because I know what my opponent is, that they got it off and then they emptied their bench quickly to where I couldn't like Pidgeot to escape rope to get it to where it would switch out and I could take it out that way or boss it up or anything like that. Like they instantly emptied their bench to where I, it was by itself. So there was nothing I could do about it. Yeah. So it's used in Arceus decks for two reasons. Number one, you can uh, accelerate energy to it with Arceus. And number two, Arceus decks do not need a heavy bench. So it's very possible to have Vulpix and nothing but Vulpix out there. And if you're you know, playing against a Gardevoir or a Charizard, then you pretty much have them checkmated at that point. Yep. So it's it hasn't shown up a lot lately because I think, well, I, I guess I don't even really know the answer. Um, with Charizard, Gardevoir being two really popular decks, I guess Giratina, with Giratina floating around, there's no reason to play full picks because Giratina doesn't care. So that's probably a reason why. Um, like you kind of alluded to, it's not the easiest thing to set up if you knock out the Vulpix V before they evolve it or knock out the V start before they attack with it. Yep. There's, yeah, it, it's not doing anything. So I think that's you know probably the reason why, but I'm not surprised necessarily to see it there. I'm happy to see it there because... You know, it's just another deck showing up in day two that, you know, it's fun to see. And, you know, the more variety, the better. How are you not surprised for as long as we've been doing this and as long as I've been paying attention to the tournaments, I have not well, seen that deck. Okay, sure. I take that back. I mean, that was probably, that a, probably a wrong way to say it. I, I'm, I'm surprised, but I'm not shocked. Let's put it that way. I'm surprised that it made it there, but I'm not shocked because I know I've seen it. I've seen its power. And I know it has the ability to get there. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that part. I'm not shocked that it made it, but I am surprised that it made it. 
especially at this point. I'm very um, surprised. The, the big thing about that deck is it's pretty much just Arceus and Vulpix. It does have a 1-1 one, one Ice Rider Calyrex V and V Max line, and then two Drapions for the Mew matchup, but it's mostly just Arceus and Vulpix. So I yep. think this is a deck that is set up to where when it gets that Vulpix out there, it empties the bench, and that's what it is. Yeah, no, you're definitely right on that. Uh, anything else jump out to you? Yeah. Arceus and Rayquaza. That one, okay. I've never seen that one before. Okay, so this deck, we're going to look at, well, I guess they had the same, the same, uh, same and 60. two people ran it. Had to be um, friends. Had to be friends. 26th place, Liam Burden, and 30th place, Connor Morgan. I'm, yeah, I'm definitely assuming they're testing partners because they ran the exact same 60. So uh, Liam was on a win and in on stream and ended up losing to Roaring Moon, but not before making a splash with this deck. So it is Arceus V, V-Star, uh, Armor Rouge, and Rayquaza V-Max with Delphox V and Radiant Heatran. I mean, this is just everything. This is a brewer's dream. This is, you know, it's it's legitimately a homebrew. It's not even like you know a meta deck that has been altered with you know their own you know creation, their own spice. This is legitimate homebrew, and I am so happy to see this finish as high as it did. It was it was an absolute pleasure to watch it online or watch it on stream. Even though it did lose, it was still really cool to see the potential of this deck. For for those of you that don't know, <clears throat> what this deck is doing, it's getting Arceus out. Arceus is loading up the uh, Rayquaza VMAX, and then the Rayquaza VMAX says you may discard any amount of basic fire energy or any amount of electric energy from this Pokemon. This attack does 80 more damage for each card you discard, and then it does 20 base. So discarding two, that's 180 damage. Discarding three is 200 and 60 damage. So it can do a lot of damage fast. And then if it's loading up that damage or loading up the energies with the Arceus, that makes it pretty easy to do it. And then you have the Armor Rouge, which its ability says as often as you like during your turn, you may move a fire energy from one of your bench Pokemon to your active Pokemon. So if you get those fire energies on your bench, you can just move them straight up to your Rayquaza. The other thing it does is it has the Radiant Heatran. Radiant Heatran, for three energies, it does 70 times damage for each damage counter on this Pokemon. Well, you can get damage counters on it with Magma Basin. You put two damage counters when you accelerate fire energy onto it for Magma Basin. So even with just two damage counters, it's doing 140 damage for three. If you get four damage counters on it, it's doing... 280 damage for three energy as a single prizer. And then the other thing is the Delphox V and its second attack for three fire does 120 damage. Put two energy attacks for this Pokemon into the lost zone. This attack does 120 damage to one of your opponent's bench Pokemon. So this deck can just attack from so many different angles. And there's just so many ways that this can recover from knockouts. It was an absolute blast to watch play. I am surprised that it doesn't have more. 
I guess what for magnum magma basin, you don't really need the super rods. No, um, yeah, the the magma basin get the fire energy from the discard pile. It only runs two lightning. So when you're when you have that Rayquaza, it needs a lightning to attack. So you're not going to be discarding the lightning unless you absolutely need to. You're just going to be discarding the fire, fire and then getting yep. them back with the magma basin. Um, it does run a lot of copies of just about everything, so it's not necessarily needing to get back Pokemon either. It runs a 4-3 Arceus line, 3 Charcadets, 2 Armourouge, a 2-2 two, two Rayquaza line, but then 1 Delphox, 1 Radiant Heatran, 1 Drapion, and 1 Mew. But yeah, seeing, seeing two of this deck show up in 26th and 30th was, was really cool. Yeah. And I have to believe that we're going to see some of these take off in, in locals and online tournaments. We may see some in Knoxville because it's just a deck that people will see and rightfully so believe it's probably a really fun deck to play and then give it a try. Yeah, no, it's definitely uh, an interesting looking deck and so surprised that it started so high. Yeah, that's one that I am surprised and shocked about. Um, let's see. One first one I want to talk about is 119th place. We have Reggie's. It was my first competitive standard deck. I played it a ton online, played it to a lot of locals, and it is it's fun to play. But unfortunately, with the loss of the Aurora energy. It has all but died. However, this player decides to bring it back and takes it to a day two. Looking through the deck list here, um, he runs two of each Regi except for one Regice. He runs one, three Regi Dragos. Yeah. What's that? No, I'm gonna say he runs three Regi Dragos. Yeah, yeah. So there are two versions of Regi Drago. The good Regi that allows you to draw until you have four cards in your hand, and then the bad Regi that can do 240 damage, which isn't really bad, but it's just kind of nicknamed the bad Regi because it is not the other one. Uh, let's see, two Lightning, two Fighting, two Metal, two Grass. So he's running two of each energy. He's running no Waters, so he can't attack with the Regice. One Gift, one Luminous, and then one Fire. Yes, and with the oh, reg, with the reg ice, he's using the uh, searchability for it. Yeah, yeah, or I'm uh, just getting it on the bench so that way you can use um, Regigigas's ancient wisdom ability. Ah, uh, okay. Because um, you need all the regis out there, and then you can just pull three energies from your discard pile, attach them to one of your Pokemon. Absolutely incredible. Uh, let's see, supporters. Okay, so four research, four Iona, three boss. And then the Earthen Vessel is what has made Reggie's at least somewhat viable now. Um, previously, we had Aurora Energy, which was a rainbow energy. And then to play it from your hand, you had to discard a card. Well, in Reggie's, that didn't really matter. Um, I mean, you had a lot of discard fodder. Your, your goal was you were just trying to get those Reggie's out there. So if you wanted to, if you could play an Aurora, you could discard an energy. And it doesn't matter because you're going to get it back, back with uh, Reggie Gigas. But the fact that it was a rainbow energy and then that did not have that restriction when you played it from your discard pile made Reggie's, you know, a legitimate tier one, tier two deck. With the loss of Aurora, it's been much harder to play Reggie's, but Earthen Vessel has attempted to solve that problem and it's made it a little bit better. 
you can discard a card in this case, you know, discard an energy and then search your deck for two basic energies. So you search for what you want and now you have those in your hand. Then you can discard them with research, with ultra ball, with another earthen vessel, things like that to then get them back from the discard pile in one turn and attach to your regis. So at least back in the day, it was not uncommon to be able to swing on turn one going second with regis. And I, I've played it myself uh, recently. I don't believe it's great. But the turn one attack is still possible, just much harder. Oh, I got you. The problem, well, the problem and one of the, one of the draws to Regis is you're attacking with so many different types. You're attacking with you know dragon, normal, fighting, lightning, metal, and then possibly water, which you'd think it would hit a lot of weaknesses. However, in this meta, this does not hit the right weaknesses. The, the most important weaknesses right now are Dark and Grass, and there is not a Regi that hits for Dark or Grass. So you have like Regi Steel, which is good against decks like Shimpao, which is nowhere to be found. Um, Regi Aleki, which is good against uh, Lugia, which is nowhere to be found. Then you have Regi Rock, which is good against Arceus, which is few and far between. So although it has all these types, it just doesn't hit anything for the right weakness. And like with the dark ones, they're some of them can be pretty beefy. So if you're not hitting them for exactly their attack, if you're not hitting them for double damage, you're not you're gonna be pretty much tickling them for a couple turns. The big draw for Regis before was um, it could hit Arceus and Lugia for weakness, which is great. And then with a a um da, 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 da. oh shoot what is that card drawing a blank 30 damage to these uh choice belt with a choice belt it can one hit ko a lugia with regioleki um it can one hit ko an arceus v star with regirock and it could even one hit ko a v max with regigigas so that was the draw for regis back in the day now, Vs are not as a, uh, the EXs are starting to show up instead of Vs, so Choice Belt doesn't do anything to that. And um, V Maxes aren't played very often, so Reg Gigas's 150 extra damage to V Maxes isn't used very much, only against Mew. Um, that this Reg list isn't even playing Choice Belt, so it can't one hit KO a Mew V Max. So there's just a lot of things that Regis have going against it, even if the deck itself can't work. It's just not doing the right things right now. Uh, let's see. In 142nd place, we have Regi Drago Cherum. This is a, a unique deck. It is using the Dragon's Horde Regi Drago, so the one that you can draw until you have four cards in your hand. It is also playing the Bad Regi that hits for 240, which is 20, uh, 20 less for each damage counter on it. Then it has Cherum which allows you to attach a grass energy card from your hand to one of your Pokemon that doesn't have a rule box. Well, what does it do with that? It loads up Zarud, which does 60 plus 20 damage for each grass energy attached to it. It loads up Wishiwashi, which if... Uh, I guess I don't know. Right. Oh, there we go. The attack. It does 30 more damage for each basic energy attached to the Pokemon. Um, it also plays uh, Wokshien, 
which for one grass attacks up to basic grass energies from discard pile to one of your Pokemon. So it just has a lot of things that you can accelerate grass energy to, and then once it's there, you can start doing some damage to it. That is very good against uh, Charizard and a Roaring Moon deck. And I think that's exactly the point, is you have Zarud, which can one-hit KO Charizard with... What does it need? What's Charizard have? 330? 330. So... Uh, we need, what, 170? Yeah. So, seven... Six energies. You need six energies on the Zarud, and it can one-hit KO Charizard. But this deck does play two Super Rods, so it's probably not intending to necessarily one-hit KO Charizard, maybe two-hit KO it. I'm looking um, at Wu Chen that would be able to two-hit a Charizard, Oh, that Charizard you know attack would go up to where it wouldn't yeah. cost two, it would cost four. Charizard's not attacking next turn unless you are able to throw another two energy on there. And if you that's, do, that's just another Charizard that you can't load up. Yep. So that's, like, that's an expensive yeah. that's an expensive cost for a Charizard. So the the Wokshian, the binding greed does 140 damage. During your opponent's next turn, attacks used by the defending Pokemon cost two colorless energy more. So that is really rough for a Charizard. Really rough for a Charizard or a Roaring Moon. Yeah, you're right. Huh. Interesting. And it's okay. double damage. Well, actually, that would one-shot Aurora Moon, and it would make Charizard to where he wouldn't be able to attack next turn. So yeah, I'm, I'm that's, digging this That's deck. a great card. You know, I have almost all of these cards. I could totally just build this overnight. Uh, do you see the top of the deck where it has the cost of it? Yeah. $12. $11.89 for this deck. For a deck well, that mean, just day two to regional. The Reggie was... Uh, only 17, so... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Reggie's cheap, too. But, yeah, man. Okay, you know, I'm, I'm digging this deck. Especially on a ladder full of Roaring Moons and Charizards. Yeah, I could just yeah. play this on the TCG Live ladder. Because that definitely would... I would mess some Charizards and Roaring Moons up, because, like I said, Wo Chin, I would probably run another Wo Chin. Uh, yeah, I, I, could see, I could definitely see that. I don't know um, about the wishy-washy, because I'm trying to think, what would wishy-washy be good against in the meta well, right now? Water. Anything weak against water? I mean, I run Entei, but that's it, and not a lot of decks run Entei, so... Yeah, I'm Iron Valiant Entei, maybe? But, I mean, it's and, it's just another thing that you can just dump energy on to hit hard. I know, but that Wu Chin, I mean, for the deck, I feel like that would be the better one to dump energy on. I'd probably just go two Wuxian, two Zeruds. Yeah, same here. Huh, okay, so the Zeruds first Even that versus other decks, I mean, obviously, like, against a Chien Pao and a Gouldingo, it's not gonna, not gonna matter much, but against most other decks... Because how would that affect Cramorant? Uh, nothing. Zone. Cram's still free. So Cram you can, will still be three. You can add as much cost to the attack as you want, but Cram's ability says ignore that. What about Sableye? 
yeah, you Sableye'd have to have to pay three or more, or three to three to attack. What's Sableye's HP? Uh, eighty. Oh, so now I one shots him anyway. Uh, Giratina, how would that affect him? That affects him too, right? Yeah, because it's tough for it's tough for Giratina to uh, control their energies. So yeah. Yeah, that'd be tough for them too. Gosh, yeah, that Wojian seems really good. That deck, I'm gonna have to try it. I can see possibilities with it because now that ability, I would not have thought about that. I'm surprised people don't run that more in grass decks because. Yeah, I'm digging this. Now, so the problem is, and it's only a kind of a problem, is you need the Cherim, which is a stage one. And then it has to go to non-roll box, which is fine. This person has found non-roll boxes that are that are worth it. Um, I just also noticed the first attack on the Zarud. Search your deck for a grass and a grass Pokemon or reveal it, put it in your hand. If you go second and it's your first turn, search for three grass Pokemon instead and put them under your, and put uh, put them in your hand. Oh wow! So that's getting that to start the game is yeah, a good way to get well, Yeah, so I would run two of him. Yeah. I'd, like I said, I'd run two of him and two of Wu Chi, and I bet that deck. I don't know. So, what is the point of Reggie Drago? Uh, just a, uh, another hard hitter, I think. For three energy, you're hitting two forty, and then the other one is to just refill your hand after you dump Wait, all your grass energy out. You draw it back up to four cards. I can see the running the one that has the four cards. I don't I'm know about hitting the, the 240. I can see some some value on that because that that one hit KOs every uh, basic EX and V. True. And you have to so run fire. See. You have to run fire energy. Oh. Yeah, he's run three fire. I don't too much care for that. I wonder if it would almost be better to run B Doof and B Barrel. That's what I'm wondering as well. Huh. I'll be. Uh, I'll be playing some version of this on the ladder, testing stuff out and see how it feels. Because, you know, I, I'm digging this. The problem, though, is we I do draw, lose, if we lose chairman the, rotation. So you only yeah. have a few months left to do it. Oh, I got you. Okay. Uh, the other cool thing about this deck is the Skaters Park. Whenever either player's active Pokemon retreats, put any basic energy that would be discarded into their hand instead of the discard pile. Oh, that is pretty cool. So when you have a Cherim out, you have free retreat because you retreat, the energy goes back to your hand, and then you just drop it again. Right. I uh, In the first iterations of Chien Pao, they ran Skaters Park because you could use Chien Pao to search for two waters, attach them, then retreat. They go to your hand, put another Chien Pao up, search for two more waters, and now you have four waters in your hand when you had none before. And if you got back Excalibur, you can put yeah, all you can of those back all on Chien Pao. Yeah. So that was so the original why did, list. Why, why drop Skaters Park out of Chien Pao, then? Because you don't need it. Because Pokestop is more important? Yeah, they're just every, yeah. you don't need it. The list is uh, it's too tight. It can't afford any extra cards that are not already in there. It's It helps, but it doesn't help enough to, uh, to afford the deck slot. Hmm. Escalator's Park, um, it seemed like it would be a good card to use. I wonder. In the right deck, it is. Yeah. 
Uh, let's what see. What that do for Goldingo? Um, I mean, it would probably have value, but uh, similar to what you said with Chanpao, the focus option is better. With Goldango, you're you're not really retreating. And they would just rather have the Pokestop to be able to dig through the deck and get superior energy retrievals. True, yeah, that's true. Uh, any other decks you want to talk about? Nope, I do that want was to it. Quick, quickly mention that there is a Snorlax fourth place. Um, I made a video about this, so check out my YouTube channel. But Snorlax, I believe, is going to be an incredible play for Knoxville. I think the meta is shaping up wonderfully for Snorlax. Um, and speaking of meta, meta shaping up, let's throw out Roy Moon that's coming up real strong. I mean, it's got a yeah. ninth, 11th, and a 15th place finish. Well, and you got 19, so it's coming up. It's coming up. I'm going to get my prediction at number one real soon, I have a feeling. So, my thought about this is I think the lack of Gardevoir everywhere is what's helping Roaring Moon. Roaring Moon, I think it's Roaring Moon's worst matchup. And so, since Gardevoir is starting to drop, that's probably helping uh, Roaring Moon rise up. Same with Maridon. I don't know who's favored in there. I feel like it's pretty close to 50-50. Maybe Maridon might be slightly favored, but Maridon's also disappearing. And so, I think Roaring Moon has a fine matchup against Zard. It's probably fine against lost tina it's fine against snorlax so i mean i think the meta is also shaping up very well for for roaring moon yeah but the best play for knoxville mark my word for it is snorlax the reason why is charizard's really popular and it's an easy win for snorlax mew just won liverpool which means people are going to play a little bit more mew that's a free win for Starlax. The worst matchup is Lost Tina. And Lost Tina has won two of the last three and finished second in the other one. So everybody's going to be prepared for Lost Tina. And when everybody's prepared for Lost Tina, that's when Snorlax thrives. People are going to beat Tina, and then Snorlax is going to rise up. Um, Snorlax is also really good against Gardevoir. So just a lot of the top decks, Snorlax is really, really good into. So that is my recommendation for best play for Knoxville. Tangent over. Speaking of <laughs> Knoxville, let's uh, finish up with some Knoxville predictions and call it an episode. So start off, what deck's going to win? I'm going to go to safe bet. I'm going Tina Fox. It's won the last two, and it came second in this one. Two so of the last three, the, yep. Yeah. It's won two of the last three, and it's gotten second in the one that it didn't win. So I'm going Tina Box. Very good pick. Um, Tina, Charizard, both very good but picks. Can I I'm just surprised throw out my sleeper? You didn't pick Roman. That's my sleeper one. <laughs> Old sleeper, um, Roy Moon. I think if it's going to win one, I think Knoxville could be it. I think it's in a good spot. However, 
I am going to put my money where my mouth is, and I'm going to go ahead and say Snorlax is going to win another regional. Snorlax stall is going to win Knoxville. Um, and I'll go ahead and throw a name out there, Cal Connor. Cal Connor, who has been the king of Snorlax, he has showed up everywhere with it and done very, very well. Um, Cal Connor is going to take Knoxville with Snorlax. Next question. What is the most played deck in day one? In a box. I will go ahead and say Charizard. Um, a lot of people like their Charizards. It's compared to Tina. It is a very, very easy deck to play because Tina is not easy at all. Um, I think it just has a lot of draw to it. And I will say Snor uh, Charizard is the number one most played deck. In Knoxville. That was going to be my pick, but with Tina winning so much, I just feel like that would be a deck that people are going to try to lab that you're right been labbing and, and will be trying to play it. And I think they will, but I just think, I think it'll be incredibly high, but I think because more people are going to realize you can't pick up Tina in a week. And if you look at the last like few tournaments, I mean, Tina's numbers have just gone up. And, and I believe overall, it's the best deck in the format. I believe it's the best deck there is right now. Um, I just don't believe the meta is. I think people are going to tech and prepare for it. Uh, most played deck in day two. Do you think Tina is going to convert well and yes. be the most played deck in day two? Yes. I'm going, man, like I said, I'm going super. I know people are like, you're going super safe, but Tina has just shown that it's probably going to be the safe bet to go day one, day two. Yep. And. I hmm, I mean, my initial thought is I would say Tina also. However, I, I do believe that people preparing for Tina is going to drop it a little bit. And so I will say Charizard is the most played deck in day two. I don't know, because for me, Charizard is starting to kind of fade a little bit. It's not fall it off, is. but it, it's fading. So I don't see that. Well, I think if people are preparing for Tina, I think Zard is going to, it's going to open up an opportunity for Zard. Now, what we're not predicting here is I think Gardevoir is going to see a resurgence and it's going to be very highly played. Just not number one. Um, highest placing, Golden Go. Will it be top eight? Will it be top no. 16, top 32, mm -hmm. top 64? Where is the highest place in Golden Go? You know what? I'm going out on a limb here. Going out on a limb. Top 50. 5-0? Yep, 5-0. Okay. As some of our former customers used to say, Fitty. Fitty. I will say top 32. As we're right now. You're going. Eh, oh, no. Yeah. I'm yeah. marking it down. It's already in the books. Yep. Yep. Already in the books. I was going to back up and go top 64, but that's too close to you. So I'm saying top 32. Highest place in Worrying Moon. I am going, since it's my sleeper pick, but I also have Tina as my pick. You know what? I'm going top three. I'm going way out there on this one. 
So for top three, that means it loses the semifinal and has the better tiebreaker over the other semifinal loser. Um, yeah. I think Roaring Moon will also do well. Not quite as well as you say. I will say top eight. Roaring Moon will make top eight cut and lose in the first round. I thought about saying that just to be safe, but you know what? I'm going bold. I'm going bold. You know what? I mean, you're not you're not losing anything off these picks, so <laughs> make I'm your going pick. super bold. Super bold. I'm going top two. Okay, so I say same. it's gonna be it's gonna lose so, to Tina in the finals. Roaring Moon's gonna lose to Tina. Okay. Yep. Um, let's do one more question that is not on the list here. What is going to be the highest placing non meta deck? So by that, no Lost Box, no Maridon, no Snorlax. Yeah, I know what you mean. No Rapid um, Strike. RC is a type deck. Yes. Uh, I even, I'll, I'll count Cloth Electrode in that. Um, Reggie's Cherum. Golden Go is not considered part of this. Did you count Chien Pao? No, that is not, a, that's not, uh, no. Nope, that does not count. Okay. A deck that you could just see and don't immediately know what to call it. That's <laughs> kind of the idea. So even with that, we'll go ahead and say cloth doesn't count either. No cloth. Right. Where oh. will the highest placing non-meta deck be? Will it? Will one make day two? I believe one will make day two. How high? Now in Liverpool... You know what? We had some weird. I'm going top 32 again. Okay. What about you? I will say the highest placing one will be top. You know, I think this is going to be a meta slave tournament. I'm going to say top 128. Oh, that is weak. I mean, it'll be between 64 and 128. Well, at least top so, 64. Top 128. I was going to say top 64, but I'm going to go top 128. I think this deck is going to be dominated by Tina's, Charizard's, Snorlax's, Maridon's, Gardevoir's, Mew's. So I see I think yeah. yeah, I see that being uh, like the main ones, but I see something sneaking in. Top 32. I think it's gonna something's gonna sneak in and it's gonna surprise everybody, just like Arceus Requeza, and it's going to get top thirty-two. I would absolutely love to see that, and you know, I, I kind of wanted to tweak my predictions based I'm not on. Not lie. Looking at that Reggie Drago Chirum deck, man, I'm hoping that somebody kind of tweaks that and takes that to tournament and places high. Really that might be the that. highest placing non-meta deck. Because <laughs> that deck has possible. I feel like it has it, possibility. Really it has. has limited time left. But looking at that deck, I see, man, I see possibilities with that. However, you know what that deck just flat out loses to and probably has a like 10 to 90 matchup rate on? What is that? Gardevoir. Gardevoir would steamroll that deck. Because it can play the single prize game and it doesn't care about the retreat cost increase. True. Well, Gardevoir would just absolutely steamroll that. 
Or yeah, sorry, the the attack cost increase. Yeah, Gardevoirs wouldn't care. Well, I mean, because we named three decks that would, or you just named a third one, but we named two other ones. I mean, Chi and Pao and Goldingo doesn't care about that either. That's true. That's true. But Gardevoir is more played than those other two. But I it feel would... like it's matchup versus other stuff. And of course, Snorlax wouldn't care about it either. <laughs> uh, what's the wording on this card? Uh, actually, Snorlax might have a hard time because every one of these Pokemon can attack. With the exception of Manaphy, so they just have to make sure not to get that Manaphy out there. Manaphy and Jirachi. But anything else, if they pin to the active, they can attack. Um, what was I looking at? Oh, the Wuxian. Okay. So during your next turn, attacks used by the defending Pokemon cost two more. So... The defending Pokemon is the actual Pokemon. So if okay. they get that switched out, then the new Pokemon would not have that restriction. That is correct. But how many decks play a bunch of switches, though? Uh, Maridon was, was what I was thinking. Is oh, how I got you. Because Maridon can't take the, the two increased attack cost. But if they can switch out, they should be fine. I think. Oh, I was right. just looking through. I was looking if through. They can uh, switch out. And then Mew as well. Mew can't take the increased cost, but it has free retreat. And so you can retreat, switch up, and, and do it again, which is what Mew does anyway. Okay, so Mew would definitely be another deck that I feel would be strong against that deck as well. But that's why I'm saying top 32, because, I mean, obviously it's going to run into some of those decks, but. Yeah, it's going to hit some, actually. If we're thinking Tina and Zard are going to be like the main things, um, I feel like that deck would be good against that, those decks. Roy Moon as well. So, yeah, and like I, I said before, it, if it um, fell right, it can easily. I feel like it easily hit top thirty-two. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely going to be to be playing this deck on on the ladder to give it a try and see how it feels. Probably doing some of the changes that we talked about. You know, increasing the Zarud, the the Wokshi, and dropping the Wishiwashi. Um, just kind of seeing how it feels, but it, it looks like fun to play. Looks like it would play good into the meta, especially the online meta. So I yeah. will absolutely give it a try and I'll, I'll report back next week how it feels. Damn, I definitely, I'm excited to try this deck as well. Um, as a matter of fact, I think I may do a video on it this week because, you know, I've been pumping out those videos and this may be a good one to to throw a video out for. All right. Um, any other thoughts before we close out for the episode? I do not have any. All right. So this weekend is the Knoxville Regional Championship. Um, we may, and it's looking very possible, that next week we will have a special guest on the show. Um, more info to come soon. Be sure to check out my, my YouTube, Twitter. I will talk about it there once we have confirmation and the following week we will have keaton ash back to talk about his experience in knoxville so he'll talk about how the how the tournament went what he played and how everything went so excited to have keaton back on the 15th yes yes we are all right and that will take us out of 
the 14th episode of the King's Rock podcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. And we will see you next week. See you guys next week.